We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is the Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Sobriety, community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Yeah! Ha-ha, you can't get hey! caught with a stolen frog. Yeah! Unspoken words episode 77. 88 <laughs> in the house. Where did I get 77? Man, I got tongue tied with the guy from Dallas Cowboys. Michael Irvin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I still want to know where I got 77. There was another one. Wow, 77. Yeah, that's what I said. No, <laughs> at least you didn't say 269. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad yeah. thing. Dog, I was trying to remember that name, Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. He was also he was a drug addict. addict. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coke. Strippers and cocaine. Bring on the strippers and the cocaine. You guys read that one meme and says, it's been a long time since I smelled cocaine this good. Oh, I got a shout out from one of our listeners said old school Cowboys player Drew Pearson wore 88. Okay. Drew who? Drew Pearson. You don't remember him? Yeah. Didn't he used to play for the Nuggets? <laughs> I don't remember him either. He was like Bo Jackson, two sport athlete. <laughs> Played football and tennis. He was a biathlete. Football and tennis. <laughs> He's a bi-athlete. <laughs> Baloney. Hey, there's, we're, we're, we live in a different uh, society now. There's nothing wrong with being a bi-athlete. Oh, yeah, that's right. Over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus, he ain't trying to preach. He's the pod goddy. Randy B. in the place to be, say, showdown. L. Jazeera, what's up, my people? Ah, uh-huh, hey. And over here to my right, all the way from Arrow Creek by way of Fort B. He's your favorite Indian, JCB. Say shoulder. Straight out of the mountains. Right out of the mountains. And you know me. Mo hugs, <laughs> not drugs. <laughs> AKA Empty Barrel. Oh, we haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Empty Barrels. That's officially summer. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's this season's name. Straight out of the Red Whip Event Center. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> that, that's digging deep. JCB. <laughs> Straight out of the what is it? The Red Whip Event Center. Oh, <laughs> their CDC up there, Elkhorn or something. I don't. The, yeah, they, they, they changed the names after I left. Like oh, Brown, I know Browning did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because what did you call it? Crystal Creek. Crystal Creek. Yeah, that sounds like somewhere you go see like some dude in a mask. What? They're going to chop you up. Why? What, what did the deuce be called? Blackfeet Chemical Dependency Center. Oh. Yeah. How original. Yeah. No, I, like yours. I like yours. When you said Crystal Creek, sounds like something else. I was thinking like some... Some hippie lady sitting in a teepee with some crystals or something. That's what it made me think of. I was like, oh, yeah, making it does sound you, something like something Making else. you chant while she burns uh, prairie grass. <laughs> prairie grass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little secret. Yuck. 
One of our previous guests was, uh, remember they had a contest for the Abzala guy, uh, whatever theirs was, Coronation oh, yeah, Wireless? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I commented on her thing for <laughs> entries. Abzalaga, center of Abzalaga, holistic wellness, like went off on this. <laughs> of the Baptist Pentecostal. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, they didn't go with it. They uh-huh. went with Abzalaga healing. First wow. congressional addicts and alcoholics of... <laughs> Addicts of the Ad- Southern Baptist chapter of of anonymity, <laughs> anonymity and adversity, <laughs> and belonging, <laughs> overcomers, <laughs> overcomers. <laughs> I like it. See that that we're, we're keeping that. For, we gotta keep that. Man. We gotta keep that for future podcast uh, yeah. today. Apostolic overcoming <laughs> of the anonymity, <laughs> anonymity and positivity. <laughs> we should write cards. <laughs> Baloney sandwich makers. <laughs> Baloney seltzers. I forgot to send you what that. What the hell? No, there's still a- eat bologna sandwiches with the red ring. Yep. Make sure there's Doritos on there. Crunch them. <laughs> No, there was this picture of like uh, it was like these hard seltzers, but there's like the bologna flavors, the Oscar Yuck. Mayer ones. Oh, that one you shared the other day. Yeah, it's yeah. ham and cheese, <laughs> olive loaf. Yuck! I posted it to my my face page. Didn't they used to have like hot dogs and stuff on there too? Or not used to, but no. Oh, I don't know the seltzers. Yeah, those seltzers things that you share with they like bologna, hot dogs. Oh no, it's bologna, ham and cheese, and olive loaf. Oh, okay, waiting for the hot dog ones. <laughs> <laughs> olive those, loaf. Those are fall gross. time. Yeah. <laughs> That's for Crow Fair. You're coming out with that one, in August. Like pumpkin spice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Seasonal. Yeah. yeah. Only Crow Fair time. Yeah, right after Crow Fair hunting season. Red weenies Balloons. and marshmallows. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Red weenies and marshmallows. Damn, bro. <laughs> it's a wicked combination. I know. It's like some, uh, yeah, summer sausage and Hershey Kisses. <laughs> Vienna sausage and some peanuts. <laughs> Summer sausage. <and> <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I thought that's what we were doing. Anyway, <laughs> hit me with some horns, oh, Karen. Bring out Karen. Hold bring out on, Karen. Okay. I gotta see my girl. I gotta go find her. Karen, come here, girl. You wandered I off. Got some apples and some carrots for you. <laughs> oh, there you are. So pretty, so pretty with your pretty mane, Karen girl. What do you good wash to see that you. mane with? I know she uses head and shoulders. <laughs> shoulders and herbal essence, <laughs> but, but Josiah, she doesn't have dandruff. I know, no head and shoulders, head and shoulders, and herbal essence, herbal essence, <laughs> white rain, or what is that? What's that one? Yeah, yeah white a, rain, yeah. And she styles suave, it with, she styles it with LA looks. Oh. <laughs> Without the white flakes. Without the white flakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was the worst. I used to be a hair gel fiend. You? Yeah. Were you? Yeah, like hair gel, like in high school. 
Oh, that the hair gel, like my bangs would always be straight up, like plenty coos. Like uh, that's what they say. It's like plenty coos. Pompadour, baby. Like pretty eagle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I got I, some I, fun I, facts. Okay, okay. Uh, about your guys' favorite sports teams. All okay. right. I see if you guys knew these ones. Uh, okay, here we go. Starting off with the Wolves. The Wolves made the playoffs eight consecutive. Times from 1997 to 2004. Did you know that? They made the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Oh, with KG? Yeah. KG and them. KG. I wasn't okay. a fan then, but yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, when did you kids. become a fan? A couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I always used to be like a Supersonics fan, and then, uh, oh, okay. then they went to OKC, right? Yeah. But then me and my daughter kind of started taking trips out there. Like oh, regularly, oh, and, see, it, and she see. liked Cat. Yeah. So I kind of became like an honorary fan and then kind of. Just grew on you, huh? Yeah, just kind of grew on me. Yeah. Is but they, weren't, they yeah. weren't any good, though. Now they're getting good. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Made the playoffs, so, but they got rid of Patrick Beverly. I know, that one I thought hurt. he found a home. I thought he found a home. Still homeless? Yeah, no, I thought, yeah. yeah but He went to Utah. No, he went to Utah for. Oh, they're going to love him. Those Mormons love those kinds. Yeah. yeah, those people that push people in the back after games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to bring that up. Huh? Uh, that's what I see when I see him. Okay, <laughs> moving LA over <laughs> to Fenway. It's LA thing. Fenway Park, by any measurement, is the smallest ballpark in all of baseball. It's also by far the oldest. I knew that it was the oldest, or it was the second oldest until the Yankees built a new one. Mm. It is by far the oldest Indian. It is small, but it's got these weird little angles in there. And uh-huh. plus it has the green monster in left field, so you have to hit it high and over. Yeah. But if you hit line drives that would go out of any other ballpark, it just hits the wall. Boom. So does that count as a double? Yeah, ground double. And the monster? Yeah. Yeah. Did they ever, did they remodel like the chairs and all that? Well, technically, it's not doesn't count as a double. If it hits off the wall and you catch it, it's not an out. You can see it's still a live ball. Oh, okay. So, like, if it hits off, then you know some of the the players that have been there for a while, they know how to catch it off the wall. Oh, okay. But, like, if you're a visiting player and you're not used to it, and it hits the wall and it rolls off into oh, uh, where then so you, you could do an infield. That's cool, man. That is cool. <clears throat> so, how did the rivalry start? Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Oh, it's been around since like the the early 1900s. But the biggest thing was is uh, the owner of the uh, Babe Ruth used to play for Boston, mm-hmm. and the owner of the Boston Red Sox wanted to finance a play or a musical like on the theater. Yeah, and so he sold Babe Ruth to New York. Ah. And from that, so that's what I said, the curse of the Bambino and uh. Red Sox never won a World Series for like 86 years. And, uh, and then in between that time, New York has won like, what, 25, 26? Yeah. Something. yeah. But at the flip of the, uh, the new millennia, mm-hmm. I think Boston has four now and New York only has one. So okay. this is our century. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Turning that new leaf. Mm-hmm. That baloney leaf. Okay. NBA basketball returned to the Twin Cities in 1989 for the first time since Minneapolis Lakers in 1986 departed to Los Angeles in the 1960s. So they went like 20 years without NBA basketball. Okay. Who was the 60s to 86? Who was before that? The Minneapolis Lakers. Oh, oh. Minneapolis who, moved to LA. 
Yeah, that's who they who moved who, to L.A. where they have no lakes. Yeah. That's where Lou Alcindor played. Lou Alcindor. L.A. Yeah, no, he oh, played yeah, yeah. in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, did he play in Minneapolis? Yeah. I, did, I, I knew that. I knew the answer to that question. Yeah, you're right. Lakers. Yeah. All right. According to them, the wave owes its existence to a section of tightly packed seats behind home plate at Fenway Park. These seats are so close together um, that whenever a fan had to stand up to say, get a beer, get some food, everyone else in the row had to stand up. The fans in the next row frustrated that they couldn't see the game anymore also got up. This created domino effect with the entire section rising in the rhythmic unison. Thus, the wave was born. I don't know about that one. You don't think it so? Could, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I know one way or the other, but I also heard that there's this guy that, and I don't even remember the specifics of the story, but this other guy invented it. Like, mm. like he said, let's do this. Mm. The wave, but it could, it could be that sounds that sounds yeah, legit. No, this is like a kind of a what is that urban legend? Oh, okay. This is okay. more. This one was more of an urban. But legend. I mean, it but makes I threw sense. it in there. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. Because yeah, you, you look on there that seem like that. All those seats are really crunched up. Yeah. yeah, back when humans were tinier. Back when humans didn't eat so many hot dogs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Timberwolves mascot is a wolf by the name of Crunch, named after the team sponsor Nestle's famous chocolate candy bar. Rumor has it that Butterfinger was also considered before the franchise ultimately opted for Crunch. <laughs> is that true? True. What if his oh. what if his name Hard was Butterfinger? Yeah. I know. That that'd be a horrible name for a mascot. Like yeah, especially one like with basketball or that'd you know? be too no, long of a name. Especially for like a wolf. Yeah. This is my wolf Butterfinger. Pet him. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Used Give him some licks. Do you ever get caught butterfingers when you're playing basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I, that's what I was going for. But oh, okay, yeah. I was thinking like a wolf named Butterfinger. Well, that too. <laughs> that, 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 but that too. You never know. Butterfingers. It could be like opposite. Butterfinger. Here, when they Butterfinger. drop a pass or something. Yeah. No, like remember how tall people are called tiny. So like yeah. he has kind of a, a weak name, but he's ferocious. Yeah. Mm. Like t- Tiny Liston? <laughs> yeah. Debo, right? Yeah, Debo. Tiny. Okay, here we go. Inside, the green monster is a scorekeeper and several large rats. The green monster is also home to hundreds of signatures from current and former baseball players. I knew that. You knew that? Even from opposing teams. Yeah, even from opposing Because everybody, that, that's like one of the, probably the most iconic place in baseball. Yeah. You know, considering it's, it's the oldest. Yeah. And uh, everybody, another, another thing to add to that is everybody wants their dent in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they hit try to line, hit it. Yeah, they hit those line drives, and then they say, some of those dents are mine, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of like bragging rights. And it's a manual score, scoreboard, so the guy has to put these great big old letters. He switches them out. Yeah. Wonder That's what pretty it's, cool. wonder what it's like being in there and it's going, boom. I wonder how much he gets paid. Man, probably a lot. Probably at least 100 Gs. Something, huh? Because those, on basketball, those guys that come out and, like, wipe up the sweat, yeah. make 100K. Really? 100K. Yeah. Just to come out there and it's like, man, what kind of degree do you got? Or who do you got to, like. What do you got to do? Do not finish that thought. Yeah, don't finish that. Wait, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> Wait, go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> Wait, don't tell me. I already know. <laughs> the Timberwolves have had two rookies of the year 
award our two rookie of the year award winners in consecutive years. Athletic wing Andrew Wiggins in 2014-15 and dominant big man Carl Anthony Towns in 2015-16. Andrew Wiggins was a rookie of the year? Yeah. Andrew Wiggins started out in Timberwolves. Yeah, he was at the Wolves for about six years, seven years. Yeah, because like, uh, he was Duke player, top lottery pick, and then yeah, Timberwolves, not so great a record, get one of the top ten lottery picks. But oh. He didn't thrive in that system. No, he didn't. So when after KD and that team lost to Toronto, remember that next year they were, they were a lottery, they had a lottery pick. Who did they draft? Golden State. Mm. Why do I? Why do I keep thinking it's Andrew Wiggins? But it's not now. That, now oh, Andrew Wiggins was traded over there. Yeah, okay. for uh, D'Lo back in like 2020. Huh. Yeah, uh-huh. anyway. yeah, right before the coronavirus, because we were there when that trade happened. Oh, okay. It was like the press conference was just right down the hallway. Did you give our, him your input from our hotel? No, oh, <laughs> we could have went to the press conference, but we didn't. Oh, that would have been cool. Uh, it's just right down the hallway. Uh, the green monster, it seems, is to keep cheapskates from watching the game. Determined not to let anyone watch his Red Sox for free, Tom Yaki ordered the construction of the wall tall enough to stop passerbyers from stealing a peek at the game. Hmm. Okay. I, I believe that. Because I mean, right on the other side of that is like restaurants and like kind of like a place just for people to gather. There's like a bunch of restaurants there right on the other side of the green. What a hater. I know. (laughs) Well, they they never used to have seats up there either, but now I'd say within the last 15, 20 years, they put seats in there. Mm -hmm. Green monster seats. There never used to be any seats up there. But at um, in Chicago at Wrigley Field, they sit on the rooftops across the street. Oh, yeah. And watch the game. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess, I, man, what a cheat. Yeah, you're right. I know. Let's just build a ginormous wall. Yeah. yeah. So Let's nobody can watch them for free. Uh, 2020 Hall of Fame inductee Kevin Garnett is an all-time leader in five main statist- statistical categories, points, assists, rebounds, steals, and blocks to this day. I believe it. Yeah. Wow. How many years was he there? He was there a long time. He was there a long time. 96 to like 20, what, 12? No, he left. Remember, he went to the Celtics. Oh, 2008 or 9, huh? Yeah, he went to the Celtics and won championship there. And then uh, he actually came back and played his last season with the Wolves again. Is like just to retire there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was there for about 12, 13 years. Yeah. Back okay. when Latrell Sprewell went to the Wolves and KD was there too, man, I thought they were going to do something. Because he came in the league, I think, 95, 96. Yeah. Right out of high school, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He, he was, was the first one that came from high school, remember? He was there with uh, Stephon Marbury too, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was drafted and then Steph was drafted the year after because mm-hmm. Steph was drafted in the same class as Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, like man, that recruiting class was yeah. crazy. Sharif Abdurrahim, Vince Carter, like they were ninety six. Yeah, that was like a row stacked draft. Yeah, Jerry Stackhouse. Oh yeah, him. I think he was there too. Yeah, you remember that Slam magazine? Yep. Yeah, it was a fold out. Remember? Yeah, the cover was a fold out. 
I remember that. And Vince Carter was the last remaining uh, player. Uh, Interesting note. Uh, I had, we we had bought tickets to Atlanta versus Utah in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, And we were going to go, this was 2020. And then the pandemic happened. The game got canceled. And I didn't get to watch Vince Carter play. Oh, man. I was pissed. Yeah. Then he retired after that. I was like, all right, I get to watch him play before he retires. Played for 50 years, and the one time you're going to see him, he's bad. Yeah. Uh, but he was at the end of his career. No Vinsanity? No Vinsanity. Last one. Uh, the Boston Americans were dubbed the Boston Red Sox in 1907 after a uniform change made the red made red the official team color. Players wore red socks, so naturally the decision to change the team name was a simple one. However, the owner decided that S-O-C-K-S didn't look good when spout out on a jersey. So he shortened it to the S-O-X with the letters with six letters evenly split down the middle. The strangest part of this story is that the original Boston Red stockings were an actual different team you may know them as atlanta braves i believe it you didn't know any of that yeah well i I knew the red stockings used to be boston braves and then they went to atlanta oh okay yeah oh and i knew i didn't know anything well i knew that i knew they were two different teams but like how they came up with the sox i didn't know that yeah that when i read that i was like i never thought about that i just thought it was cool way to spell it just kind of um uh, what do they call that? Red Sox and White Sox. Asymmetrical, mm-hmm. make it look even. Yeah. Okay. I I agree with that. Is yes. that why they did it with the White Sox too? They probably yeah. They just copied Red Sox. Red Sox probably just S-O-X. copiers. Just copycatters. 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 Guys. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. That no good. problem. And I just got to say that. Going back to that Red Sox Yankees rivalry, it goes a lot deeper than I think just one thing. But oh yeah, yeah, it's deep. Yeah, well. like I can't stand to even. No, I get it. Ugh. Yeah, like um, I only, I only like one Tar Heel. <laughs> Let me guess. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Actually, a couple of Tar Heels. VC Sam Perkins. <laughs> yeah. James Worthy. James, he's nice. my favorite tall. Big hurt. game worthy, huh? <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're a Duke fan, huh? Yep. So <laughs> even though I'm far removed, like halfway across the country, I still get it. Yeah, I mean, like there, yeah, we are across the country, but kind of like what he said too is like, I used to be a Ken Griffey Jr. fan, but when he left the Mariners, I kind of thought, eh, and I needed. You know, rather than go follow a player, I said, I'm going to pick a team and stick with that one. Yeah. And the farthest one from the Yankees I could find was Boston. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So I kind of hated on the Yankees before that, but now it's just. Yeah. It's ingrained in the heart. Yeah. You can always tell like a casual fan. They like the Yankees. They like the Lakers. The mainstream team. Yeah. <laughs> they like the Cowboys. <laughs> I get I get a lot of flack from the homies for. Switching teams at T-Wolves. I'm like, dog, they weren't even good when I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I uh, just like um, the Golden State Warriors now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
They're my favorites. Yeah, yeah my, my NBA team is the Bulls. I still root for them every year. Growing up, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. that's who it was. And that's why, you know, it's because of his airness. His, yeah. North hard, Carolina dude. Hard, hard to break from that, huh? Yeah. That Tar Heel. Yeah, but I, I enjoy basketball. So <laughs> I'm just kidding, bro. Huh? Oh, yeah, just that, that, one, that one Tar Heel. <laughs> and I'm sure he's very flattered. Yeah, he's very flattered. Yeah, basketball's cool, man. I still enjoy it. Oh, I, yeah. I see a lot of complaints, but, dog, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just enjoy the show. Yeah, and, like, for basketball, I don't really have a favorite team. Like, I won't. But I like a lot of players, like, watching a lot of the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Luca, man, I just love watching that I dude. love that boy. Deceptive. Uh, yeah. Slick. He's uh, playing... FIBA or FIBA? FIBA. Basketball. You see him do he's that shape. the other day? Yeah, he's like in shape. He lost weight. Looking good. Yeah. Dropping dimes. His freaking hook shot was crazy, too. Yeah. I know. Back in the day, um, what's his name? Big Poppy. David Ortiz. Yeah, David Ortiz. Uh, that Those squads that he was on, I'd like to watch them in the playoffs. And yeah. Pedro and let's see who else. Manny. Manny. Yeah, Manny with his real baggy pants. And they always had a, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I'll, I'll turn on baseball in the playoffs, or sometimes I'll just wait all the way till the World Series and watch the whole series. But that's the only time I watch baseball. Hey, speaking of which, we're starting a three-game series tonight against those guys. The Yanks? Can't even say it. It's, I was going to say something, but it's derogatory. So. <laughs> Let's keep it PG-13. Yuck. <laughs> I was going to give you my official nickname for this. <laughs> Yuck. Don't talk like that. Bro, don't even do that. All right. You guys warmed up? <laughs> <laughs> don't even do that. <laughs> Sometimes I don't catch those things, but I caught that one. <laughs> don't even do that. All right, man. Let's do this. We are all warmed up. Yes, So, we are. DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. You're in Unspoken Words, episode 88, and keeping with our formula here, we are on step seven for walking the red road. Um, step seven, we humbly ask a higher power and our friends to help us change. And this step is really all about humility. It's all about humility. And because I'm real humble. Because yeah, we're humble here at Unspoken Words. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Did you see that? Did yeah. you see? You know what yeah, God knows what you're talking about. Your mama and your grandma, they care about you. Don't be stupid. <laughs> uh, that guy needs to be a, an addiction counselor. I know, man. <laughs> so, in step seven, we finally have the knowledge, desire, and allies to change. The knowledge we have is the self-knowledge gained from the inventories and lists we made while facing the South. Our allies are the sobriety elders, the Red Road brothers and sisters we've been sitting with in our sobriety circles and healing circles. 
creator is an ally who we are finally walking with in step seven we we will rely oh we will step seven we will really begin to change from a negative to a positive warrior i'm just gonna read a little bit more here uh there's no greater ill than being spiritually sick when we realize the great spirit is the only solution to our insanity we must give it to our higher power in an act of rebirth our mother earth floods everything from the sickness sickened forest to the beautiful meadow until all is back in balance we too must start over in every area of our lives um so yeah to me one thing that really stuck out for me in that initial reading was that this step really helps us get out of that insanity. And I was just like, man, I was so clear, so very clear. Um, ask, actually asking for help. And because I know there's that, you know, there's those cliche sayings, you know, like the phone feels like a thousand pounds when, you're, when you need help and you want to call somebody for help. It's like real difficult. And I know for myself, like a lot of anxiety around that. Um, just to ask the question for help or just to pick up that phone and call somebody for help. But the more I did it and the more I reached out, the more I got down on my knees and prayed, the more I incorporated smudging and praying. Um, then it, the more I did that, what seemed difficult at the beginning, um, just became something I did and something I do today. So initially it was difficult, definitely difficult to like just reach out. And there was some people I confided in that I reached out to and just kind of vented to them that, that were supposedly in recovery that turned around and used that against me. So I had to cut them off and set up that boundary with that person. Cause I was like, wow, I confided in you because I thought you were solid in your recovery, and here you are throwing it in my face. I'm just kind of like, whoa, that's crazy. So um, I had to set up that boundary, and those things do happen. Um, so, it's, But it's just good. It was like, oh, okay, you show me how you really are, so I'm going to just move on from you there, buddy. And But really getting out of that insanity, and the basic definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting a different outcome where in my addiction you know i always dreamed about doing stuff oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this but i never would do them but i get drunk and think about what i wanted to do and just dream and fantasize but it wasn't until i started doing the work and i started working on myself that i started achieving those things and it was crazy because like just by taking care of my side making sure my side of the street was clean and reaching out and making sure my prayer life was on on point that i was praying every day to my higher power when i did that when i implemented that then i was able then i started accomplishing these things these things that i wanted to do and it was just like a byproduct of just like being positive being um, starting that change. It was just a byproduct of change, changing myself on, from the inside. And uh, with that, I'd like to open it up to you gentlemen. 
You guys look like you're ready to talk. <laughs> JC's ready to go. Randy's got the bookies raring to go. <laughs> now, uh, I, you know, for me, um, the first thing that really came came about was the spiritual side, mm. and uh, you know, like I, I told you guys before that. Well, in my active addiction, I was skirting around the edges of that. You know, yeah. I kind of playing. Yeah, yeah. I guess. And the reason why I put it that way is because even though I was I, I was praying or I would smudge occasionally, there was no consistency. And uh, like I said, it couldn't exist in the same space as that addiction. You know, um, you can't really, you know, have both of it. If we could, I don't think we would have gotten ourselves into trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> that – and if – and really, I think what it came come, came down to was that asking creator, asking my higher power for help was a lot easier than going to an actual human being first. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, at the same time, um, uh, the, the people I could reach out to was kind of limited at the time because I was locked up. But, <clears throat> you know, that spiritual side came first. And once I did that, then it seems as if, like, you know... Like that's that that humility part, right? Like I can't do this. I have to admit that I cannot do this. I'm not, you know, this all knowing, all powerful human being who can, you know, get myself out of this, that, and the other. Uh-huh. And so, after I committed myself to that spiritual side, um, then it seems like everything else just started following, like the people, mm-hmm. the the resources, the the programs that I needed at the time. Yeah. And, um, I think I, it was weird because I look thinking back, I got, I was, I was asking for help without actually saying, will you help me? Mm. And I think that's important to, to, to remember because I mean, yeah, sometimes you you really do have to say, Hey, I need help. Yeah. Like, will you help me? For sure. But there, you know, there's other ways you can do it. Like if you're kind of, you know, your phone is a thousand pounds you can start that dialogue with somebody or start that conversation with somebody. And I think if you're reaching out to the right people, they'll, they'll get it. Like, man, this is, this is a cry for help. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think I kind of did it in that roundabout way. Yeah. Um, but on any, on, in any case, the, the people that were sent to me that were provided for me by my higher power. Yeah. They knew, and, and like that's what they did. That's kind of like like you, like a LAC. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they did. That's what their dedication in life was at that time. And so, like when I went spiritual first, I I, I just firmly believe that the Creator said, "Okay, this is what I've been waiting for." Boom. Yeah. All this stuff came through, and then like just to um, humble myself and say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start over. I'm gonna have to rework." everything nothing about that old old me can stay like that old that that's a whole different person that none of none of that can stay yeah and so like that's another part of that humility for me was saying okay i was wrong about this mm-hmm. no matter you know you, you you make statements the new you make statements and then somebody else you know who has that old way of thinking is gonna try to bring you down try to cut you down try to say comments or you know, give you grief over the things, the way you are now, the positive way. Yeah. And to, you know, just say, you know what, I was wrong. I'm not going to react to that. You know, I'm not going to, 
I'm not even going to give that any of my power because this is the new me. And like you said, if that's how you're thinking and if that's how you're going to, you know, be about right. it, mm-hmm. then peace. Shinnuk. Shinnuk. Gooses. And so, yeah, so for me, like, it, the, the first the, the first step was that spiritual side. And having grown up in, in a spiritual family or society even, yeah, as, as indigenous people, it was easy to kind of, you know, it was always there in the back of my mind, so it was kind of easy for that that step to yeah. come naturally. Yeah. <clears throat> mm. Yes, thank you. Um, I think, like, for me, I think this is, like, one of the hardest things, right? Like, mm. even today, it's oh. like to, I don't ever want to be so saved that I don't have anything to pray for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't ever want to be so far in my walk, like, that I don't have any struggles. Um, cause I think that's, that's pride, but I think like what I'm hearing through this, like step seven, asking for a higher power and your friends to help you change. I think it's like, okay, let me get some accountability partners. And I think you two both touched on it, right? Like oh, yeah. God, like send me some people to hold me accountable because I want to be a better human being than who I was mm. from the time I, you know, entered into this lifestyle until now when I desired to break out. Yes, sir. Um, and I think in the graciousness and, and mercy of God, like, man, he supplies those things. And he's willing to walk us through these tough seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for myself, it's hard because um, people think we're supposed to be a certain way, right? Like, yeah. especially loved ones. Like, yeah. they think we're, because we chose to get sober, like, we're better than them and, and, or whatever the case may be. Not realizing, like, yo, like, we're just trying to be the best human being possible. Yeah. You know, better than who we were. Like, you were talking about, like, people throwing past in, you, in your face. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. those things hurt. Yeah. Um, but also being humble enough to say, like, God, man, like, I can't do this without you. Yep. Like, I cannot go forward without you. Like, you have to cleanse me of everything that is ugly inside of me. Mm. Because we're human beings, man, and for freaking... Most of our lives, we've carried around all this yuckiness, yeah, all this ugly, you know, stuff that we refuse to deal with. But once we chose to live a life of sobriety, or better yet, recovery, because you can be sober and not be in recovery. Amen. Oh, for sure. You know, like you mm-hmm. can, like you can be sober and and not be in recovery. It's like not choosing to work on the inside where people don't see. That's right. You're just sober. Yeah, you're sober and. and What's the term? Like dry drunk. And, and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but I think when we're honest and we admit like our dependence upon the, the, the creator, like the one that created us, right? Like mm-hmm. when we admit our dependence, then he's willing like, man, because we have to realize like he's the one who actually made us. And because he actually made us, he can handle the uglies that the humans can't handle. Mm-hmm. Like our friends and our family members, right? But, but also because of that, like, having the humility to reach out to a brother or sister that's walking the same route as you mm-hmm. being like, Hey man, this is what I'm, I'm struggling with. Like I have people in my life that I've been to and you know, it helps me get out of it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think the biggest thing for me is just admitting like, Hey man, I need help. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. I, 
you know, I know that I want to be sober, mm. but I need you. And I think once we really depend upon God, like I'm reminded, it's crazy because all this stuff is falling into place because I've been studying the life of David. Mm. And David, if you're not aware of him in, in the Bible, like had all these relationships that were stripped away from him. Mm. Mm-hmm. He, was, uh, he was a guy that, you know, ministered to Saul. Um, he slew Goliath, like, and Saul wanted to kill him, so that relationship was taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, his best friend was Jonathan, who was Saul's son. Mm-hmm. That relationship was basically taken away because when he approached his son, he's like, hey, man, your dad's trying to kill me, bro. He's tripping. Like, yeah, he's tripping, man. Like, he threw this freaking javelin, almost hit me, man. Like, what's his deal? And he's like, no, he's not trying to kill me because he tells me everything, you know? Huh. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, he's not. He tells me everything. And, and David's like, yeah, man, like, he's trying to kill me, bro. Um so that relationship was taken away. Mm-hmm. And also, he, his, his, his elder was Samuel, and that relationship was taken away. Mm. So, like, everything that he depended on was taken away. Mm. Yeah. And he ran away to this cave called Adullam. But in that cave, like, man, he surrounded him with these people who were misfits, too. Yeah. You know, they weren't accepted by the rest of society. And, man, in that cave of Adullam, like, he just kind of, like, he was like, man, you know what? Like, I don't really feel like being around nobody, and I came here to be alone. But since you're surrounding me with these guys, with my brothers and sisters that think like me, that are, like, feeling the way that I do, let me train them because you train me to be a warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me raise up this army. It's kind of like what we do, man, in yeah, our sobriety, yeah. right? Like, we, sure. we get people that are like-minded with us. We get people that are, like, surround us and hold us accountable. And even if we don't feel like leading, because we always don't feel like being leading, right? Like, yeah. we don't always, like... But the best part is, like, man, you raise people up to be better than you because when you raise them up to be better than you, then that lessens the load that you carry. Mm-hmm. And when, when people can't tell who the leader is, mm-hmm. dude, that's where the power is. Like, that's what I feel like. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing of sobriety. That's a part of, like, admitting, like, hey, God, I need to depend on you because I don't know any better. If I knew better, my life would be better. Yes, sir. You know? Um, but I think, like, that's the hardest part. Oof. Like, even, you know, seven years of sobriety, like, yo, it's, like, hard because it's, like, God, I'm supposed to have this all together, but I still struggle, you know? But that's real, man. That's it, real, yep. And that's what a relationship is all about, man. Like, man, he we, he can handle all of us, you know? Yeah. So, that's yeah. what I get. And, and handle your guys' uglies. Yeah. And, and going Ugh. back to... to <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> 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 he kept saying uglies. I don't want to <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but but re- real quick, going back to what you were saying about, you know, don't want to be so saved that, because then it starts getting into your pride. Like, yeah, I do got this together. I think that part That's of it, religious. I, I mean, That's religion, bro, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that goes back to that humility part, like, yeah, I'm making progress, and I am not the person I was back then, but I still, I still got work to do. And that, yeah, and, to, yeah. and to say that to yourself, mm. that takes humility. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to be so comfortable in where I'm at that I'm just going to, okay, that's good enough. Yeah. No, to just constantly say, yes, I can, I can improve a little more. I can work on this. Oh, I'm backsliding on this, or, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's, that's what humility is. Humility, yeah. and I'm yeah. real humble, and you're yeah. real humble. Remember, yeah. <laughs> capital H. We're, we're a humble army. Hashtag humility. <laughs> no, um, humility. <clears throat> no, I feel that on them. <laughs> Hashtag 
you know? yeah, I would, <laughs> that I feel that man, like on a deep level, because I think it was about two, three, about two years, three years into my walk on the red road, uh, I was kind of like, okay, well, like I just prayed, and I was like, what should I focus on? I like because I I didn't want to get to that place where like I felt like I was accomplished, like I arrived. Yeah, because I've done that in the past, and I relapsed. And yeah, that pride kept in, crept in. So, but like what came to me was like commit to learning. Mm. And I was just kind of like, that's real simple. But that encompasses everything that you guys have been talking about so far. Just commit to learning. Yeah. Because then, like, you can't learn at all if you commit to learning every day. And that's that's what I was, you know, I kind of something that might be a little bit off topic. Remember I was telling you that intelligent people don't think they're intelligent because they know that there's so much more to know. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Right? So I yeah. think, you know, that just kind of popped into my mind just now. Mm. So not only, are you in, not only are you super humble, you're super intelligent, bro. <laughs> no, I know, but I, know. I, just, <laughs> I just stay humble even though when you look up humility, there's a picture of us there. I know. <laughs> uh, as I know. <laughs> good segment. This, <laughs> next, this next paragraph. Oh, well, I'm reading from the Red Road to Albrighty book. In the native way from White Bison. Uh, Humility is an attitude that will help you start fresh in everything we do. Humility helps us face life with a beginner's mind or a learner's mind. Some of us have had bad memories of being humbled or humiliated in a negative way. But that's not the humility we are talking about here. To be humble is to drop our arrogance or the attitude that I know. About everything. Humility is about learning to watch or to listen more in everyday situations so we can approach them freshly. Um, Just skipping down to the next paragraph here. Uh, There are ways of thinking we can cultivate to help us change. We all have self-regulator inside of us whose purpose is to help keep us inside a comfort zone. And then it goes on to talk about a fire um, you know, if there's a fire there, the analogy is you're too close, it's too hot, you step too far away, it's too cold, um, but there's a ring around the fire that it's comfortable, and that's our comfort zone. And just to really get out of that, um, <clears throat> by asking for help. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> when you're perfect in every way, yeehaw! Oh man, that there was something. <laughs> I just threw myself off track. I was gonna make a. I was was gonna, that a real song or are you messing yeah. around? Okay, so, who it? He's got that Southern drawl. Ricky Skaggs. Just kidding, I don't Rich. know. <laughs> Richard Skaggs. <laughs> From Skaggs and Skaggs Law Firm. Right. <laughs> Dick Skaggs. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it, but I kept cutting myself off. And this guy, Richard Dicky Skaggs. <laughs> he could just call me Dicky Skaggs. <laughs> just me and my guitar. Actually, no, don't don't get it into your head that that's those things that I can't remember what it is. And I was going to make a, a point, but I forgot what it was about the beginning of your your last reading there um, about humility. And I'm just kind of... Humility is an attitude? 
Humility is an attitude. With a beginner's oh, mind? Yeah, I, I know what it was. Um, okay. So, yeah, humility, like, humiliated and humility are not the same thing, right? Like, and nobody can make you humiliated. That's something that we choose. But as far as humility goes, that, I think, is, 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 it's a tough sell for, well, I won't speak for everybody, but it's a tough sell for me as an addict. Yeah. Because I needed to have control. I needed to think that I was, you know, I, I was on top of it. Otherwise, you know, the truth is hits you right in the face. And, you know, we, we're good at ignoring the truth. Oh, yeah. We lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, like, man, to admit, admit that, or I guess um, what I'm trying to say is that to go into that humility mode, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's it's a it's a huge step yep. because we. I mean, I wanted to be arrogant. I wanted to you know be the one that says, "Oh, I got this," yeah. because it because it fed the the lies and the disease that was within me. Mm-hmm. And so to be, you know, we joke around about it all the time, but really, I think. One of the biggest signs of humility for anybody that's even, you know, our guests included, mm-hmm. is to come on here and say, yeah, I am not perfect. I know, and, and, and to say, yeah, this was who I was, and this is where I'm at, but I'm still, you know, I'm still a work in progress. Like, to put yourself out there for the world to see, and that anonymous part of AA just goes right out the window. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah, 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 because <clears throat> because then you're now you're, now you're just like a, so this thing for everybody to see, you know, and, and the the uglies and all, yeah. And, yeah. And, and who and who and who likes that? I mean, who wants to air their dirty laundry? I guess to say, should have washed it first. <laughs> but I mean that he that so that to me that I guess long story short. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it's just, to me, it's just like a sign of strength, like a huge sign of inner strength and, and, and faith too, like faith in, oh, yeah, in, yeah. in, in what, in your higher power and what you're doing, the people that are, that are around you and walking the walk with you yeah, yep. and support you and hold you accountable and all that other stuff. You know, you have to have faith in that too. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it takes a lot of courage and courage is not the absence of fear it's doing something despite that fear. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, because go ahead. Were you say something? Oh, uh-uh. no. Oh. I mean, yeah, I got thoughts going through, but yeah. The comfort zone is like a very dangerous place to be, but that's what we like to operate in. Um, just that comfort zone, but to broaden that kind of comfort zone and help us get out of there, uh, we can do like positive affirmations writing affirmations i am good um, enough yep i am good enough i belong i am accepted i can participate uh these are all things that i gotta tell myself to this day i have what it takes to this day yeah i got what it takes i uh, got the brain just to make it today got the brain just to make it Is today that Kirk franklin or something no, that's uh, MC Hammer. Oh, MC Hammer. <laughs> Who did you say? Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin. Who's that? He's, He's a gospel guy. rapper. Yeah, dude. gospel singer, oh. rapper, dude. He's like, GP, are you with me? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, like, I, I read that, too. Like, 
I was reading some on the internet where it's like, man, I don't believe in God because I think I'm better than you. I believe in God because I know I fall short every day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There and, you go. You know, like, it's like nobody's perfect. That doesn't give an, us an excuse to keep messing up. But at the same time, it's like, hey, man, when we do mess up or, like, we don't have a good day or whatever, it's like, hey, man, dude, I need you. You know? Yeah. Like, being humble, like, yo, like, I need you. Like, I really need you. Yeah, for sure. You know? So... Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, those positive affirmations. Uh, I'll just read some here that they have in the book. Uh, I am walking the red road. <clears throat> I am walking the red road journey of wellbriety. I am proud of my own native heritage. I will heal, develop myself so that I may be a role model for the children. I can do this. I am doing this. It's a good day to live. Um, these are things that I encourage all of you listening today to this podcast to do. Just start your day out with it. And before you know it, man, because um, oh, you'll start accomplishing things, the things that you dreamt about, the things that you wanted to do. Because uh, I had to do these things because my biggest um, defeating belief is that I'm not good enough. And at times... When I'm starting to throw my pity parties, which I still do, yeah, I, I, I say it to myself out loud. And if it's my pity party is really strong, I'll do it in front of a mirror. I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll say, you're good enough. And I'll say, you're good enough, Josiah. And I'll do that. And it brings up emotion, tears in the eyes. Yeah. Because it's so deeply rooted, that defeating belief. From probably when it probably started when I was a kid. Yeah. Something happened. I got humiliated. Didn't feel like I was good enough. And then it just kept getting reinforced throughout my growing up years. And so I I probably got to combat that for the rest of my life. And I think it's probably important to add that if you're just starting out with these affirmations, you have to say them often. And you already touched on it. Say it with feeling. Put feeling into it because those emotions will give it that much more power. Mm -hmm. And affirmations aren't going to work if what you believe is is the opposite. Like if you say, I am good enough, but you're still thinking, no, I'm not good enough. You can say it with your mouth, but if you, if you don't believe it inside, those affirmations aren't going to work. So you're going to have to say it, say it, say it, say it, believe it, believe it, believe it, and put feeling into it. Put that positive feeling into it, that gratitude, that love, that hope, that joy, and make it that much more powerful, and it, it'll stick. And pretty soon, that core belief, I'm not good enough, is going to change. Mm -hmm. And then every time you use that affirmation, yes, I am good enough, boom, it just kicks right in, man. You know what? I am good enough. And then you're, because I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. I'm not good enough, or, you know, they're out to get me, or, you know, I, I you know, all these terrible things that I, bring to my mind i struggle with the same things but at the same time i'm like wait a minute no I'll, I'll i'll put something into context like as in right now like i am doing it yeah not i'm going to do it or yeah. when i get there then i can say no i'm doing it this is what i'm doing right now and then i come up with things and and proof of it like okay i've been doing a podcast for 80 weeks 
trying to say what were you um towards the end there what were you talking about oh just now yeah like when you got to like that horse like beating that that horse. oh like telling yourself you're good enough okay yeah so i remember like okay so even last night like the app that i use right like it mm-hmm. was because i was like man i've been in the funk mm. like i have been in a funk i'm not even gonna lie bro like and i and the battle was heavy Struggle but, is real. Yeah, last night I was going through this app, this mind, you know, and, and and dude, like, it was saying, like, okay, how do you feel? And I was being honest. Yeah. And then at the end of the exercise, it was like, okay, now highlight, like, the words that you, where you feel, right? Yeah. So I pressed them, and it drew a line to them, and it said, now, do the positive affirmation thing. Mm. What can you put in place of, of that? Mm. It was like, I am doing it kind of like what you're saying. Right on. I am like, you know, like because our feelings lie to us, man. Our feelings change, yeah. you know, from, from time to time, man. Like how I feel about today can change depending on the circumstance, right? Yeah. Like it could be a good day or a bad day, but it's still an opportunity to choose what we're doing. Mm. Um, and I think in the, in the midst of the battle, sometimes it's hard to see that. Yep, it is. So, you know, like last, like sometimes we do have to like, go to bed and but make sure like hey man like i'm fighting for my freaking mentality here 
Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't taught that when we were young. Like, we weren't taught to cope with these feelings. Yeah. When we felt these things, it was easier because you were, you were mentioning something about uh, going back to what we know. Mm-hmm. Like, we go back to addiction. Like, this, this addiction is, like, cunning, baffling, and powerful, right? Like, yes. But it's so cunning, like, man, like, we would even consider, like, going back to that chaos, yeah. right? Like, if we're, if we're not mindful of where we're at and, and being honest in our assessment of ourselves mm-hmm. because the battle is real at times, yep. you know? And you do have to fight for your freaking sanity. You do have to fight for your recovery yep. because it's like, hey, man, like, yeah, it's tough. It gets tough, you know, but, but just being, but there's power in vulnerability, vulnerability. Is that how you say it? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah, I get it. Vulnerability. <laughs> vulnerability. You're going to hurt kidding. yourself. But yeah, there is, <laughs> there is power in being vulnerable too. Yeah, there is a lot of power. Yeah. That's like taking your power back. Yep. Like Randy was saying, like we weren't taught how to cope we weren't taught how to deal and feel in a healthy manner. So putting ourselves in situations like a talking circle, a meeting, NA meeting, and being vulnerable in those situations and sharing from the heart, then um, we're taking our power back because we're releasing those things where previously we just let things fester, marinate, in our in our psyche in our thought processes and we never told anybody and we just let things build up build up fester 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 until boom man we're like f it i'm gonna go drink f this i'm gonna get a bottle and we start drinking and then we're off and running yep um and to recognize those patterns of that and just like that just being vulnerable going into a meeting or with accountability person, sponsor, pastor, counselor, and just being vulnerable is really taking your power back. Yes. It's kind of like, I always picture it like that eight mile move, remember? And I always share this too, but it's like that eight mile Remember, like in that last scene when Eminem was battling everybody, he beat everybody. And then he was getting ready for that last round with Papa Duck. Yeah. And then freaking Cheddar Bob came over and he's like, Hey man, are you going to get mad? Cause he didn't say this, 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 this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that he didn't even consider, and he's like. And then when he got up and started battling, like, bro, like, he spit out everything that this guy was going to use as a weapon. Yep. The enemy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our mind, right? Like, yeah. uses these things, but he was like, yeah, I am. This did happen. This, like, he was vulnerable, yeah. but he actually won the battle. Yep. You know, because that guy lost, it lost its power. Yeah. He beat Clarence. Yeah. Who went to Cranbrook. And his parents have a real good marriage. <laughs> you don't remember that freestyle? I, I, I remember. Yeah, it's, it's coming back to me. It's been a while since I said that, but yeah. But that's kind of like what he did was he took his power away from him he, and he took it back. Yeah, and then he was couldn't say anything. Yeah. He dropped the mic. That's that's a good it's a good example. I like that because <clears throat> you know, like um Somebody asked me, so what are you going to do when somebody comes up and says, brings up your, you know, all your old dirt or, you know, the things you used to do? And well, they're probably already doing it. I just haven't heard about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think it was Josiah that I said this to. I was like, well, you know, you don't have to tell me all that. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Never mind what I used to do. 
What yeah. am I doing now? True. Yeah. And true, I true. probably wouldn't respond that way to somebody, but because you know why? Never throw your pearls before swine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If somebody's attacking you like that, they don't need it. They don't want it. So, yeah. but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know. Um, I, never mind what I used to be like. I used to do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I used to shit in my diapers, but I grew out of that. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> or did I? <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. But yeah, that was a good. I like that example. That was pretty cool. Right on, gentlemen. Uh, you guys brought that fire. Most deaf. And I just wanted to close out the step seven with the step seven or the seventh step prayer. Says, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad and ugly. Just kidding. Uglies. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Aho. 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 Yeah. It's just like character defects, defeating beliefs, all those things like that. It's just like things that we were comfortable in, we operated in because we didn't, um, like, I, like Randy brought up, we, we weren't taught how to deal and fail in a healthy manner. We had no coping skills. And I wish that I was taught healthy coping skills. Uh, I don't believe I would have went into my addiction. Never know. But it's something that we got to teach the up-and-coming, the youth. Yes. And help our fellows, those that are coming to the Red Road, uh, learn some healthy coping skills, journaling, going for a walk, um, whatever, exercise. All these things play into self-care as well. And that's huge. We got to take care of ourselves Mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually every day. Yes. Every single day. So every day I try to pray. I mean, every day I pray. Just every, to make it today. Just to make it today. I put on some MC Hammer and I pray. And then I do some journaling, which um, helps me out mentally, emotionally. It's a safe space to express myself. And then physically, I do something for myself every day. Instead of the elevator, I'll take the steps. I'll have a low-carb lunch, et cetera, et cetera. And so these are all things that you can implement today. Just to make it today. I got the brain. I got the brain. <laughs> uh, any last closing words, gentlemen? I was going to say something, but I know where that's going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to use that word. Is it about uglies? <laughs> oh, he's gonna say, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> that was a very strengthening episode. Ah, yes. Ah, strengthen. So strengthening. Give me some synonyms. Synonyms for <laughs> strengthen. Strengthen? Yeah. Um, Our strength. Ah, shit. Go ahead. It's powerful. Power. Power, wonder-working power in the blood. In the blood. Of the land. Of the land. Hey, ha, 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 
103rd Annual Crow Fair Powwow and Rodeo. And celebration! And, and hot dog eating contest. Jubilee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and silent auction. <laughs> and silent auction. <laughs> <laughs> An improv. Hey, is you, is you see what? that guy on the fourth? He he uh, choke put that one dude in the chokehold on, <laughs> uh, on um, in the hot, hot dog eating contest. Oh yeah, yeah. He came out with that Darth Vader thing. Yeah, that protester. Yeah. Oh, where at? And the Nathan. Remember on Fourth of July they have the hot dog eating contest. The okay. Nathan's hot dogs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. training and, for uh, that. Joey Chestnut. Some some uh, animal rights activist went up there and. Was protesting and they went over there and like he stood right in front of the the guy that was that one. <laughs> yeah, and they choked him. They choked him out. Yuck! What if all those hot dogs fucked up? <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> 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 he probably would have lost. <laughs> they not even don't even have any bite marks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole eight pack comes out. <laughs> 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 what if they're really all attached to <laughs> <laughs> like the cartoons? <laughs> balloons, <laughs> phony balloons. <laughs> oh man, that is crazy! <laughs> all right, cool, man. Good episode, good stuff. You guys always bring that fire, bringing the heat. Uh, Pod Gotti and favorite ending. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Karen, being so beautiful, pretty. Here's some carrots and some apples for you. We'll see you next week. Here you go, K-Girl. K-Girl. Be kind to yourself. (laughs) What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey, yo, it's Randy B, a.k.a. Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.